A Tale for Halloween by Loretta Ellen Brady Babette and Anton were the children of a very poor woodcutter. They lived in a little cottage on the side of a steep mountain and the mountain looked upon a great forest. Although their father worked hard in this forest all day, he earned very little. Their mother made fine laces which Anton carried to the market to sell. But in spite of all their efforts, the poor parents could hardly provide their children with enough to eat. Babette and Anton, however, were happy little children and never once thought about how poor they were. But it worried the woodcutter that Anton was 10 years old and had never been to school. Anton's mother taught him to read and write at home and Anton was a good pupil. Often, as he sat doing his sums with a bit of charcoal for a pencil, his mother would sigh sadly. Anton did not like his mother to be sad, so he always laughed to cheer her. Don't worry, mother, he would say. Soon I shall send myself to school. My vegetable patch is doing well. When I get myself a good job, you and father will be poor no longer. I'll buy father a team of oxen and you a fine satin dress. Babette shall have a dozen real dollies instead of the turnip dollies she plays with now. Oh, Anton, his mother would answer with a sigh. Unless you make your fortune as a toy maker, I fear you will have no fortune at all. You are so talented with your hands, but we cannot spare you to go to school. It was true. Anton was very talented and could make almost anything. He made boats from bits of wood, and when he had fitted them with sails, they looked as splendid as any you would buy in a toy shop. He carved a doll's cradle from a pine knot and painted the white face of a turnip so that it was transformed into a doll. This turnip dolly's eyes were so blue and her cheeks so pink. Her hair of golden corn silk fell in waves and her robe of young cabbage leaves was so green and beautiful. Then, as often as this turnip dolly faded and began to shrivel, Anton made another, which Babette declared was always more beautiful than the one before. Babette had never been to the village and therefore knew nothing of real dolls. She loved her turnip babies so much. She always carried them in her arm when she went with Anton to meet their father and sang them little songs as she rocked them to sleep. One night in the season of Halloween, Anton sat carving jack-o'-lanterns to sell in the village. Babette, who was rocking her dolly to sleep, sat watching him. Being but six, she knew nothing about the fun which comes with Halloween, and she listened round-eyed with wonder to Anton, who knew all things about jack-o'-lanterns. When she heard that boys and girls dressed like goblins and witches and played out in the village streets, Babette made up her mind to join in too. How wonderful it must be, she cried, clapping her hands. Halloween must be like Christmas. Not quite, Babette, answered Anton, as he carved the teeth in the last jack-o'-lantern. But Halloween is wonderful nevertheless. It's fun to see the jack-o'-lanterns bobbing up and down with their faces grinning in the candlelight. 
And on Halloween, the boys and girls play pranks on their elders that they would never dare at any other time. But everyone laughs and enjoys themselves on Halloween. Anton finished the jack-o'-lantern and piled it with a dozen more in his little cart. He would sell them all in the village market the next day. No one else could carve such splendid pumpkin faces as Anton. Then we should go and play pranks in the village too, Anton, cried Babette. Mother will make us goblin dresses and there's still one great pumpkin in your garden for a jack-o'-lantern. Oh, what fun we'll have! Babette, exclaimed Anton in astonishment. Wherever did you get such an idea? The fun in the village is not for us. Mother has no time to make us goblin dresses and if she did, she has no materials. Besides, how would we find our way home through the forest? You know the way through the forest, Anton, insisted Babette. And if mother cannot make us goblin dresses, we can go without. It will be dark and our jack-o'-lantern will be as good as any. Come on, she begged. I've never been to a Halloween event before. Now, Babette, I tell you we can't go to the village tomorrow night, answered Anton. I could not find my way home through the forest after dark and we will both be lost. Be a good girl and don't mention it any more. Anton spoke firmly and Babette burst into tears. She liked getting her own way and when she could not have it, sometimes she was a very naughty little girl. She sobbed and wept so much that Anton found it hard to say no to her. However, he didn't dare go to the village at night as he was scared of losing his way in the forest. So Anton bounced Babette on his knee and whispered that he would buy her chocolate. But she only cried even harder. Now, Babette, cried Anton at last, when Babette showed no signs of stopping. I can't take you to the village. But if you're a good girl and stop crying at once, I will make you something fun for Halloween, just for you and me. Now, promise me you won't cry anymore. Babette dried her eyes and promised. She wished for some Halloween fun, but whether that was at home or in the village was not important to her. Will we wear goblin costumes or ghost costumes, Anton? She asked. Anton puzzled a moment before he answered. Oh, ghost costumes, I think, he replied. The next day, Babette was very good. She helped Anton gather his vegetables for market and when he returned, sat beside him quietly while he carved the last pumpkin from his garden. When the jack-o'-lantern was finished, Anton lit the candle just for one second so that she might see it grinning in the light. Babette clapped her hands, but Anton held up a warning finger. The Halloween fun was to be a secret. After supper, the children went to bed as usual, but instead of undressing, they pulled their white nightdresses over their heavy coats. These can be our ghost costumes, whispered Anton when all was still, and they crept softly out. In the moonlight, the jack-o'-lantern was grinning wildly. Pumpkin is smiling at us, laughed Babette. She was very excited. Anton struck a match to light the candle, but there was no candle in the jack-o'-lantern. Candle in, I know I did, he said in surprise. He searched in the dark 
and Babette stopped her laughing. Anton looked about and there, beneath the bench, lay the remainder of his precious candle. It was chewed to bits and the wick was in shreds. Oh no, he cried. A wicked rat has stolen our candle. Oh, the bad rats, cried Babette, bursting into tears. She stamped her foot and sent the jack-o'-lantern rolling off the bench. It hit the earth with a bump and the nose was bashed. What a baby you are, Babette. See what you've done, cried Anton. He stooped to pick up the pumpkin, but the pumpkin was too quick for him. Oh, no, you don't laughed Pumpkin in a thick, throaty sort of voice. Babette smashed my nose a little, but that's no big deal for me on a Halloween night. Goodbye, boys and girls, he called and rolled swiftly down the hill. You come back here, you're my Pumpkin, cried Anton as he began to chase after it. Babette followed, weeping and crying aloud. Oh no, oh no, she mourned. Now we have no jack-o'-lantern and no candle either. But you just wait until he rolls down into the vegetable garden, shouted Anton, as he chased the swiftly rolling pumpkin. He'll have to stop at the hedge. He pulled at his little sister's hand to try and make her run faster. Pumpkin rolled along just in front of them, but always just out of their reach. When he reached the hedge, he gave a great leap and landed directly in the vegetable patch. Come on turnips, come on carrots, called Pumpkin as he rolled along. At his words, the carrots and turnips tore themselves from their beds and followed after him shouting. Come on, come on, called Pumpkin. Parsnips and beetroots followed the carrots and turnips. Look at Anton following us, yelled Pumpkin and all his vegetable followers turned and left. On any other night you might be in charge, Anton, they cried, but not on Halloween, this is our night. Well, you wait until I catch you and then see how hard you'll laugh, called Anton angrily. To see his vegetable patch ruined made him furious. But you'll wait until you catch us before you punish us, won't you, Anton? They answered mockingly. Oh, it's Halloween, it's Halloween, sang Pumpkin, cartwheeling as he rolled along, and the rest of the vegetables followed after him. Anton followed them with determination. He would not give up easily. Follow me, follow me, sang Pumpkin, as he led the way to a tiny door that opened beneath the forest. Turnips and carrots squeezed through, and Anton, fearing to be left behind, ran faster. Just as he reached the little door, a rough potato tried to slam it in his face. But Anton was too quick for him. He ran through and climbed down the hole into the underground forest. There he continued to chase, but the ground here was springy and elastic. And with each step, Anton got closer to the vegetables. We'll catch up to them, declared Anton as they ran along. Even as he spoke, Potato stubbed his toe and Babette caught him. She held him firmly, although he squirmed and tried his best to get free. Help! Help! bawled Potato when he saw that he was a prisoner. Oh, Pumpkin, wait for me! he cried. 
The tears streamed from every one of his eyes and he looked truly sad. At his cries, Pumpkin turned around and all the vegetables followed their leader. Come now, Anton, began Pumpkin in a persuasive voice. You might let us have one night off, you know. Halloween is our night. It's all very well for you to be polite, Pumpkin, and try to help your friend, said Anton. But let's not forget that Potato tried to slam the door in my face not two seconds ago. Oh, Anton, cried Potato, that's wrong. It was actually three seconds ago. I looked at my watch just as I was trying to pinch your nose in the underground door, and it's definitely three seconds ago. Maybe four. Oh, be quiet, cried Pumpkin. That's no way to talk when you're trying to get let off. Let him off for my sake, Anton, he continued. You'd almost certainly get bored too if you were lying in a vegetable patch all day. But, Pumpkin, replied Anton, think of my vegetable garden. It's ruined. I was saving all my vegetable money to pay to be able to go to school. And now I won't be able to go for such a long time. I'll have no vegetables to sell. Besides, how could I know you got tired of lying in my vegetable patch? He never spoke to me before. Well, I'm telling you now, replied Pumpkin. And as for your vegetable patch, we'll all make that up to you, won't we, boys? We will, we will, called the vegetables in chorus. And the potato in Babette's little fist yelled the loudest of all. There, now you see we mean no harm, declared Pumpkin. So let Potato go. Then you can both join us in our Halloween fun. At the magic words, Halloween fun, Babette put Potato down at once. She was bound to have her fun. And after all, the vegetables seemed to be a good lot. So peace was made and the children followed the bobbing turnips and onions. Then shouts were heard and Pumpkin ordered everyone to stop. Soon they were joined by a dozen or more cabbages. Anton recognised the cabbages at once. You're Father Minette's cabbages, aren't you? He inquired politely as they marched along. Why, if it isn't little Anton, the woodcutter's son, exclaimed the very stout cabbage. As they went marching on, Pumpkin sang and danced in the lead and onions and carrots echoed his songs. Soon, great black cats with shining yellow eyes stepped from behind the trees, and each cat was soon joined by its mistress, who was no other than a real witch in a tall peaked hat and carrying a broomstick. The cabbages, who were a friendly lot, introduced Anton and Babette to these witches, and the witches seemed pleased to meet the children. They don't seem to be wicked witches, do they, Anton? whispered Babette. Oh, my dear, replied a witch who overheard. We are not a bit wicked on Halloween, you know. Any other night I would probably cause some mischief. It is my nature, you know. She reached in her bag and handed Babette a peppermint. Babette, who was very fond of peppermint, ate it up quickly. You shouldn't do that, my dear, reproved the witch. Witches very rarely give peppermints, and when they do, the peppermints should be treasured. Here is another to keep for your pocket, and then you will never be without a peppermint when you want one. 
and she handed Babette another. Babette curtsied so prettily that the witch was charmed and took her to ride on her broomstick. It was the most wonderful company you could ever imagine as they marched along. Every vegetable was singing a different Halloween song and they all had voices that sang out of tune. Babette, her little white nightdress flying in the breeze, was riding on the witch's broomstick and singing as loudly as the rest. When they reached the dancing floor, it was lit with millions and millions of glowworms and an orchestra of 10,000 frogs hummed lively tunes in their throats. Pumpkin seized a handful of glowworms and put them in his head. Then, with his features all aglow, he cried out, Ready for the dance! Instead of taking partners, the vegetables just plunged onto the floor and began to jump about like mad. The witches took their brooms and chased their cats around the edge of the circle. Babette danced hardest of all. She wasn't a great dancer, but she had fun singing at the top of her voice. Come and dance too, Anton, called Babette as she went jumping past her brother, but he shook his head and laughed. I'm too big for such nonsense, he said. I am ten, you know. What nonsense, cried a witch who was chasing her cat close by. Ten is exactly the right age to have fun. She raised her broom playfully, and before he knew it, she swept Anton into the middle of the dance. Pumpkin, his grinning features all aglow, went flying past and made Anton feel proud. Pumpkin was certainly the most handsome vegetable of the lot. As the night went on, the frogs hummed faster, but hum as fast as they would, they could not keep up with the vegetables. Beetroots and cauliflowers continued to bob up and down like mad. Cabbages from Minette's farm lost leaf after leaf. Carrots and onions grew battered from so much tumbling about, and the sound of song and laughter grew louder and louder. Let's play blind man's buff, called Anton. I'll be it and show you how to play. He tied the handkerchief over his eyes and the witches and their black cats went darting this way and that. The vegetables were so pleased with this new game that they would play nothing else. They might have still been playing it if a cockerel had not suddenly crowed. Good gracious me, cried a witch. The glowworms are all gone out. It's nearly morning. All who are going back to the vegetable patch had better be on their way. Not I, cried Pumpkin. I've done with vegetable patches forevermore. Not we, exclaimed the cabbages. We're going to be wild cabbages for the rest of our days. We shan't go back to Mother Minette's pickle jars. Straight away, every vegetable began to raise its voice and declare it would not go back to Anton's patch. Oh, hush all of you, cried the witch. Stay in the woods for the rest of your life if you like. It doesn't matter to me. But what about Anton and Babette? Who's going to take them home? Well, replied Pumpkin, we thought that you might give them a ride home on your broomstick. But Pumpkin, cried Anton in dismay, you promised to make it up to me if I let Potato go, and I think you should all come back with me. 
I won't have any vegetables if you all stay in the woods. Never worry about that, Anton, replied Pumpkin. Here is a purse for each of you, and if you take good care never to lose them, you will have plenty of gold forever. Isn't that true, boys? True, cried the cabbages. You had better hurry and plant yourselves before daylight comes, Pumpkin, they warned, and began to dig holes in the earth. Before Anton and Babette had climbed onto the witch's broomstick, all the carrots and turnips, and even Pumpkin, were all tucked up in their sandy beds. They called out goodbye as the children sailed off with the witch. Oh, what a fun Halloween evening, sighed Babette as she leaned her head on Anton's shoulder and fell fast asleep. The broomstick flew swiftly and the witch warned Anton to hold Babette tightly. One by one the stars went out as they sped across the sky. The black cat steered and seemed to know the exact way to the woodcutter's cottage, for just as dawn was breaking, the broomstick glided down to Babette's window. The witch shook hands with Anton and the black cat politely jumped off to help Anton with his little sister. Before the cat could climb back on again, the broomstick was off like whirlwind and the black cat was left behind. This broomstick is so wild I can't stop it, called the witch from the clouds. Take good care of my cat until next Halloween. Anton put Babette in her bed and then made the black cat a comfortable bed in the kitchen. Then he lay down to sleep and dreamed of the Halloween excitement until he was wakened by his mother. Come Anton, she cried, I have good news for you. Only look from the window and see the great black cat without a single white hair that sits washing his face in the sun. Such a cat coming to us on Halloween will surely bring us good luck. But come and get up, for the sun is high and it's time for you to dig your vegetables for market. My vegetables have gone wild in the forest, muttered Anton. But it doesn't matter. Here is a bag of gold which they gave me. The cat is the black cat of the witch who brought us home on her broomstick. So let me sleep, mother, for I am tired with dancing at the Halloween party. He closed his eyes and slept again, while his mother examined the leather bag. Anton, my son, she screamed, look at this gold. Where have you been to get this? She shook him and gave him no peace until he woke fully and told the story. Even then his mother did not believe it. Instead, she decided that her son must be delirious with fever. The woodcutter and Babette came running to see what had happened and at the sight of the second bag of gold, the poor woman grew calmer. Babette showed the peppermint which the witch had given her and the mother doubted no more. <gasps> to receive a peppermint from a witch is surely a mark of great favour, she said and began to laugh through her tears. I thought I was dreaming, or that Anton raved of fever, for never in my life had I seen so much gold. It's like the fairies to bless the children of the poor, said the woodcutter. Now Anton will go to school, and Mother will have a beautiful dress and shawl. Is it not like I said, cried his wife, 
A black cat coming on Halloween would bring us good luck. And here is the luck already. It would have been hard to find a happier family than the woodcutters as they set out for the village that day. When it was told that the woodcutter was looking to buy a pair of oxen, some people laughed out loud. The woodcutter was too poor to feed a pair of canaries, they declared. Never mind a pair of oxen. But when they heard that the woodcutter's wife had bought a new dress and a golden ring, they began to wonder who had died and left the woodcutter a fortune. Anton told the tale of their wealth to those who asked him, and straight away the village children ran to throw their jack-o'-lanterns from the roofs and high places. But their pumpkins broke or stayed on the ground below where they had fallen. It was no longer Halloween now, remember? At noon, when the woodcutter and his family sat down to dinner in the village inn, the landlord threatened to charge a penny from all who stood gazing through the windows. Many people didn't believe the story of the pumpkin and the bags of gold, but there, next to the woodcutter, on the table, were the two leather bags filled with gold. The greatest marvel of all was that no matter how much the woodcutter or his wife spent from these, the bags always remained brimful of gold. <laughs>